Hello, and welcome to the July edition of Dick's Picks. I am Carter, and with me is Mr. Dick himself. Hello, Mr. Dick. Hello. I'm excited to talk about evolution. This is a great movie. (laughs) We are back in our early 2000s sweet spot, uh, at least Mr. Dick's sweet spot, with evolution Mm -hmm. from the year 2001, directed by Ivan Reitman. Uh, director of one of my favorite movies of the 1990s, Kindergarten Cop. Wait, he didn't do uh, Ghostbusters, did he? He did do Ghostbusters. Okay. Also, Dave, of... my favorite movie about the presidency. Presidents, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Ghostbusters <laughs> too. Uh-huh. Uh, and his son does the directing stuff now too, right? Jason Reitman. Yes, mm-hmm. he did Up in Gino. the Air and that very bad movie, Labor Day which I'm sure you haven't seen. Uh, uh, I don't see um, <laughs> I don't see holiday themed movies. As a, One person, as I a guess role. a studio head thought, you know what? Holiday hasn't been exploited for money. Labor Day. Let's right. make a movie about an escaped convict falling in love with a single mother. It, it comes in a DVD <laughs> pack with New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. Yes, and Independence Day. Um, <laughs> written by the two Davids, David Diamond and David Weissman, based on a story by Don Jacoby. Uh, which Jacoby? Was, yeah, Jacoby. Uh, the writers oh. have also done the hit film The Family Man. Oh, that's uh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I think so. Is he the Weatherman? No, that's the Weatherman. He... Yeah. I think The Family Man is... Uh, oh. What's the, the guy from... Uh, Dennis Quaid, I think, although that's probably wrong. Uh, also, When in Rome, the Anna Faris comedy. And no, that old... was uh, Kristen Bell. <laughs> was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. They look the same to me. right? Come on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Old Dogs, which I've never seen either. Oh. <laughs> Makes you want to buy a motorcycle, doesn't it? No, that's Wild Hogs. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I guess they're both equally forgettable. <laughs> Not great names. Uh, starring David, <laughs> I was going to say David, like he's a Frenchman. David Duchovny. Orlando Jones, who seemed to dominate this era in my memory. Um, Sean William Scott. I did too, but I can't name any, can't Jones. any other movies at Orlando <laughs> I just like picture a lot of DVD covers that Orlando Jones is in. There's one where he's in with Eddie Griffin that I think is called Back to Back. What about uh, he wasn't in Undercover Brother though? No, was he was not. Eddie that Griffin. was just Eddie Griffin. Uh, also, Sean yeah. William Scott with two ends and Sean, I think. Uh huh. And uh, Julianne Moore adding a bit of prestige to this movie. Uh, no, Carter. Carter, this <laughs> cast is stacked. It has Mulder. It has Orlando Jones. It has My Name is Earl's brother. Yes. It has Julian Moore. It has Modern Family Dad. Yes. It has a, a brief glimpse of Harold from Harold and Kumar. It doesn't? It has Sarah Silverman. And it has three names himself, Sean Willie Scott. It has everybody. Also Buffalo Bill, if you didn't mention him. No, that was not. one of the IMDb trivias that it has Julianne Moore, who played Clarice Starling in Hannibal, and mm. Ted Levine, who played Buffalo Bill in Sons of the Lambs. 
Also, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the Ghostbusters connection. Uh huh. Released June eighth, two thousand one. You know what seminal event in world history happened the day before? Um. Uh, June eighth, two thousand one. <laughs> June seventh. No. Tony Blair won re-election as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. <laughs> Get these Anglophile facts out of our movie podcast, Carter. Okay, we get it. You went on a fun trip to the hey, 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 that's uh, the height of the Labor Party, which hasn't won an election, I think, in about eight years. So, <laughs> Big, big moment. I think wow. the Labor Party is going to have a big year this year, though, because the Tories are in disarray. But that's enough of English politics. Ron Tomatoes score of 44%. And I think the highest budgeted movie we've done so far, an $80 million budget for this movie. And you can see higher. You can see the budget when you're watching this. Some of the stuff I was looking at and I was going, oh, that looks quite expensive. Uh, I think in today's money, that's easily over 100, right? 80 million in 2001. The flying monster could potentially be in one of the new Jurassic Dominions, for all I know. I think it probably looked better than those, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A modest return at the box office of $98.4 million. Obviously, on an $80 million budget, you're looking around the $200 million range. So I think Mm -hmm. this could be considered a flop, even though Mm -hmm. it did not lose money, technically. I mean... Yeah, fine. <laughs> Currently streaming uh, on HBO much, Max. What were you going to say? <laughs> how much of their budget do you think was financed by our my, my favorite shampoo company? I don't think very much at all, honestly. Although in my research, I did see that they introduced a new brand to coincide with the release of the movie. <laughs> it was... I, I think that this is the... All right. This movie, as I said... The cast is stacked. The plot is tight. The product placement is on point. It is a perfect movie. And At least a perfect uh, pre 9-11 movie. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like, normally I watch these things and I take notes and I like pause and I write down quotes and all this stuff. I just like let this movie wash over me. It was yeah. so smooth. You it just existed just in the world of early yeah, 2000s Arizona. Oh that yeah. Oh that <laughs> rascal David Duchovny. Oh man, Orlando Jones. It's, it's physical comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the ultimate was, wild card, Sean William Scott. Yeah. And sort of peak think, Sean William Scott coming right off American Bye. You know, I thought Marathon Man was the best movie that we've done so far, but uh, <laughs> now now it's definitely definitely evolution. Well, did you see this movie in theaters? Do you remember when you saw it for the first time? Um, I just a high school movie. Remember. It was, but we I saw it like right after it came out. We we were somewhere and we went to it wasn't a blockbuster, but it was like a VHS rental like library and we rented it on VHS and we watched it. I'm sure um, Sean William it, Scott was the big selling point at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'd say that it's the most effective marketing that's ever been put 
put on to me because I'm still, I, I, I need that, uh, that silicone silica. I need that. I still use the head and shoulders. I still do. It. <laughs> this is one. I remember yeah. the poster for this. I remember the sort of logo with the smiley oh, face, the smiley the three, face eyes. The three eyes. Yeah. But uh, I, this is a movie I'd completely forgotten about until you brought it up as a candidate. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we, back end and talk, we, we had chosen another movie, but then it was unavailable on any streamer. Mm-hmm. So we had to audible to this. A bit of title confusion. So, yeah. Apparently, The Head Over Heels on HBO is not the great Freddie Prince 2000s movie. Uh, it's some European else entirely. sex origin thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so last time you saw it, do you have any any memory of this? Um, I don't know, but I talked to you know my buddy John, and he said that he has it saved as in his DVR and has watched it at least three times in the past year. <laughs> so I think that he and I have probably watched it together. At this some is point for an audience past. of two. <laughs> it's for you yes. and your friend John. <laughs> yes. What, who else could they expect before? Definitely not my wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope someone goes and seeks it out because I think it is a worthwhile movie. And, and yeah. like the best of the Dick's Picks, it's so representative of its time. And it's just the yeah. kind of movie that isn't made anymore for better. No, because it's a one and done. I, that's what I kept thinking. Like, this is a world that's self-contained in one movie. We don't have to worry about them gray manning it out and talking about the Colonel and uh, whatever uh, David Duchovny did in his past <laughs> with uh, what's it, what was it called? Molder Madness or something? Uh, I can't remember the character's name. Molder, you just blending X-Files. Kane yeah. Madness. Kane, Kane Madness. Madness. Yes. I, Ira Kane. Yeah. Ira, yeah. yeah. David Duchovny really looks like an Ira. Um <laughs> I don't know what an Ira looks like, but I don't think it's <laughs> more like a uh, Rick Moranis. I think generally, uh, is that who the dream casting is? <laughs> no, because you know, supposed to be a sexy scientist, sort of. He he doesn't smoke cigarettes in this movie, but I think it, the character would have been offended by a couple a couple heaters, um, mm-hmm. at least in certain moments. Um, well, enough <laughs> setup. We will. Dig into the plot. Yeah. Um, anyone who hasn't seen Evolution uh, and doesn't want it spoiled, go ahead and pause. But uh, I, th- I think this would benefit uh, from listening to this before, actually. I think it would enrich your experience greatly. Um, yeah. I can't remember if something happens before this, but the first sort of consequential thing that happens is aspiring firefighter Wayne Gray practicing rescuing a plastic doll from a burning shed in the desert when a large meteor crashes sean williams scott sean williams scott yes did we see something before this i can't remember nope that's where it starts and you just think why is this man driving in the desert in a real nice car (laughs) with a blow-up doll and uh you see him run into the house and set it on fire and i'm just like wow what did that doll do to wrong him and you realize he's he's training for his, uh, his firefighter exam. exam. And then yep. the first sort of sign of the, the big budget nature of this movie, where we get a giant meteor crash that blows up the car, the shed, and Sean William Scott gets to do a nice dive away from the 
the burning fireball mm-hmm. as his car he runs into the fire too yeah he run, he's, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you see the asteroid coming in all the way from space too so they had some oh i didn't CGI even there. notice wow yeah um we know the guy who shot this did a lot of uh martin scorsese movies in the 70s and 80s so oh. I thought it was an extremely well shot movie. I thought Michael Chapman is the name of the cinematographer. Uh, that was so. going to be my, my main question because we already <laughs> know that the plot is tight and the cast is on point. Uh-huh. But like, did you think that it was shot well? And I, like, uh, I thought it was good... especially well shot considering the expectation of, of post production CGI effects. I thought it was actually shot very effectively with the, the rendering of the CGI coming in after. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> the next day, uh, science professors from Glen Canyon Community College, Ira Kane and Harry Block, who I believe is a geologist, mm-hmm. investigate. And Harry Kane is a chemist. <laughs> Harry Kane, Ira Kane. <laughs> yeah, Ira Kane. Golden boot winner and former NASA <laughs> scientist, Harry Kane. Um, they discover the meteor. Uh, has landed in the cavern nearby. Uh, they do some coaxing of local law enforcement because Harry is a representative of the National Geological Survey. Is that right? The USGS, United States yeah. Geological. Yeah. yeah. It throws around a whole lot of sort of government terms to intimidate the local it really, law enforcement. It's just other adults treating police officers as, you know, other adults and somewhat. <laughs> Because all the, the police officers are just like taking Polaroid pictures in front of the asteroid, just like, oh, yeah, we've got enough evidence. You can do what you want. <laughs> the movie has and a very really low opinion you know, of law enforcement <laughs> and yeah. government in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> ahead of its times in that matter. I, I, was um, I was like, surely this person would have been fired by now if he's just this incompetent. <laughs> well, I we don't know what uh sarah so the ex-girlfriend maybe she's got him on the force or something yeah maybe um they discover the meteor has landed and that it is bleeding a strange blue liquid uh and they take Mm -hmm. a sample take back to the lab uh well do they is there lots of stuff growing yet no 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 there's stuff growing on the asteroid there's no 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 it's just like a rock and then they like should. scrape something off it. And it bleeds. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah. so they go back like three or four times before the. No, but first he puts it under the microscope and does okay. this sort of science talk. Well, it's an extraterrestrial nitrogen based microorganism. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, you know, splitting in half. What do they call that? Mitosis or some shit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they say it in the movie, so it's got to be. <laughs> Uh, and it like evolves within a matter of hours into millions of years of evolution, sort of condensed into a very short period. Um, yeah, they go back and they see a bunch of like primordial sort of like fungi, uh, plants, flat fungi. Mm-hmm, but but mm-hmm. when they're exposed to the oxygen of the Earth's atmosphere, they they die. Yeah. And at this point, uh, Kane. Harry Kane, Golden Boot winner, and Block are most concerned with winning the Nobel Prize. Yeah, their discovery means a lot. <laughs> yes. Aliens. Aliens, bro. Um, 
soon after the U.S. Army seals off the site, much to the chagrin of Ira and Harry, um, mm-hmm. Brigadier General Russell Woodman, Ted, uh, Ted Levine, with the very weird upper lip, um, mm-hmm. and the clumsy Dr. Allison Reed, senior researcher in epidemiology at the CDC, played by Julianne Moore, um, sort of look down their noses at the community college professors. And Especially because Kane has a history with the Brigadier General. He has well, yet to be yet to be revealed. <laughs> it's revealed. <laughs> um, their efforts fail. They're trying to open up the spot and and pretty much just get credit. Um, for yeah, the they they want to be the ones who are known. Yeah, yeah. Um, they take it to court. And Allison cross-examines him in a spectacular piece of judicial uh, gameplay. I'm not a lawyer, but I think that's how. <laughs> is, a, is the defendant allowed to cross-examine the, the person suing them? I don't know. Um, but she reveals yeah. that he was discharged from Army Intelligence in the summer of 1997. After an experiment in the May of that year in which he developed an anthrax vaccine, which was administered to nearly 150,000 soldiers and resulted in terrible consequences. Do you remember any of the uh, side effects? <laughs> I think syphilis was one of them. <laughs> Just full uh, blown. <laughs> I think it was, there was any memory loss, erectile dysfunction. Because um, um, paralysis the of the face. Earlier process the soldier when they first try and get back to the site pulls a gun on says ira kane because he said that was the worst month of my life yeah Yeah. but this fiasco resulted in his dismissal it cured anthrax did it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just led to a lot of well you know if, if you're like actually poisoned with anthrax you know, those I think that's what he says is like none of them, none of them got anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is anyone wrong? But you know, mm-hmm. this is the nightmare fuel of thousands of anti-vaxxers. Um, hmm. he, he was dismissed from his position as a top-level researcher. Who knows why he had to settle for Glen Canyon Community College? Maybe he just wanted to live in Arizona. I yeah, think, I think probably somewhere there. like James Madison would have been very happy to take him. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Needless to say, uh, they return to their lab. Ira and Harry's research has been stolen. Yeah. This, force- <laughs> this forces them into infiltrating the base in disguise to get another sample from the meteor. Where Ira discover- uses his uniform and also he uses his dress uniform and gives Harry Block his uh, his fatigues and they go in pretending very effectively colonel. infiltrate yeah the area yeah you have to question the <laughs> competency of some of the security yeah. forces around the the site. I thought it was good how uh, <laughs> Orlando Jones was just like uh, uh, questioned the stolen valor and uh, the company was just like oh yeah it's not a problem and he was like maybe for you Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of good Orlando Jones sort of physical humor up to this point. Yes. The thing oh, we haven't mentioned is he's the head coach of the, the women's volleyball, volleyball team. team. 
when he's introduced, he's chatting with a student who's trying to get uh, a geology bump in her grade. Yes. And uh, he's Once, just real. real <laughs> she wants to out. train to be a nurse to make yeah. her chances of winning Miss Arizona better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, do you really think you should go into a field where people's lives are in your head? She's like, oh, I'm not really going to be a nurse. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to the shock and surprise of Block and Ira, uh, they discover that the caverns now harbor something like a alien rainforest cafe, uh, teeming <laughs> tropical plant and animal life. Uh, Animatronic monkeys <laughs> and and maybe the uh, shark in a in a cocktail. Yeah, yeah. The flying insects. Carnivorous you plant life. Rainforest Cafe, but I just watched a 30-minute YouTube video where some YouTuber I'd never heard of goes and visits all the remaining rainforest cafes in North America. Are there not and very many? There's like 22. And it is, it sounds like a pretty tedious endeavor having to go and eat in every single rainforest. Well, I'm sure cafe. they're all the same. That's probably part no, of No, they're different because they're no longer, yeah, they're like independently owned now part of so the appeal to me sounds like for about. rainforest heads the same way if you go to a mcdonald's anywhere in the country it serves the same food that's that's what i think the appeal would of rainforest cafe to me i very distinctly remember one in nashville that was quite large yeah um, i think there's that one still around <laughs> i'm sure it is andrew and i have been to the one in chicago We're, we'll, we'll try some more sometime. oh wow um yeah it seems like all the animals sort of eat each other in this like in, not in the rainforest cafe in the <laughs> wouldn't that be only something the, the other end only show. the humans eat the animals at the rainforest cafe <laughs> and only uh non-animatronic um yeah but later that night in another part well, of town the, the there's government some scary animals there and there's some scary aliens well they're, they're all like, sort of eating each other and they're Stuff huge. Like they're like human size, and the plants are eating the animals too. They got giant. Is this is this the part Orlando Jones suit is infiltrated? Yes. Yes, by a sort of mosquito-like insect. Yes, because they've gone down there um, uh, without authorization, oh. and they're using the comms in their you know spacesuits. Uh, and he's he's suits. talking about Julianne Moore's character and yeah how Orlando very un PC terms I might say yeah he's saying uh, Dave Duchovny and Julianne Moore <laughs> should hook up and you know they're chatting and then Julianne Moore and another scientist come down and confront them yeah. and while they're down there this mosquito alien. Cuts his way into and burrows himself inside of Orlando. Burrows inside and uh, <laughs> through, a, through an opening. It's not really. I guess it's he burrows. Yes, he does. <laughs> and they do a quick medical procedure when they one of the out. major physical humor moments of the movie. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. is plunged no, deep inside of an orifice. There's no t- time for lube. <laughs> and he goes there's always time for Lou <laughs> um, but that night at a country club that Sean William Scott works at uh, mm-hmm. a large reptilian creature fatally mauls uh, I don't know if he's the owner 
of the country club, but at least he was a high-ranking position. I think it was the guy from Caddyshack. I don't know. He was a jerk. He was treating Sean William Scott and the staff poorly. Are you he the one who burned down too. these cocktails? Because Sean William Scott, he uh, when the asteroid hits, he's stuck at his training location for too long, and he goes to his firefighter test and bombs it because he's too tired. Yep. And the other firefighters say, don't worry about it. You still have your job at your country club. Yep. And we see him working there, and um, he's working the pool staff, and you see him go to do some laundry. And, and finds a some, weird animal. Yeah, Some weird al- aliens coming up out of there. But then we cut back and forth and do other stuff, and then we come to this party, and, uh, and the, the alien mauls, the jerk from the country club, and... It's uh, pretty traumatic because he was about to he was about to get a hole in one on the 15th green. I think. Oh, he was uh, it's that uh, the green seemed a little well lit for my taste mm-hmm. for a public exhibition. Such yeah. we're going to undertake. So, yeah, <laughs> when, when I saw how well lit I was, I was like, oh, these people are freaks. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was too close to the turn house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta go um, to like hole four, like uh, yeah. maybe in the rough, maybe not like on the green <laughs> um, sand trap. <laughs> yeah, it's so like a dug in sand trap as long as you have enough towels. You're putting a towel down. Why not? <laughs> um, they next day at a local home, a group of uh ladies, I don't know what they're gathering for, find uh. Rob slash pig like character in the cute, closet. Real cute. Well, one of the ladies is like, "Oh, what is this? A dog?" And it's like, "Are you like yeah. <laughs> blind?" <lady?" laughs> it's yeah. got green yeah. skin. <laughs> yeah. Um, it bites her. But then she tries. She tries to pet it, and then it yeah. opens its mouth, and inside its mouth is a tongue with a mouth, and it's yeah, it's like it. an alien thing. <laughs> And it bites her, and, and then, then it, it just dies. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it still not evolved to use oxygen yet. Um, they get called to that. Ira and Harry, and they go mm-hmm. to the backyard and find a whole sort of valley well, filled with. Okay, things. Ira and Harry find out about it because Sean William Scott brings the dead animal that mauled his yes. country club guy to them. And then they go all go out to brunch to chat about it and eat food and pancakes <laughs> and whatever. But at the table next to them is David Duchovny's ex-girlfriend, Sarah Silverman, and yes. the new boyfriend, the policeman. Yes. And while the policeman's sitting there, They're over here. Sarah Silverman is taking off her shirt because it's actually David Duchovny's shirt that she stole and the movie has to have boobies. Um, <laughs> it doesn't quite they hear that uh, they hear over the police radio. It's a, whatever the number is. Shaw William Scott knows it's an animal thing because he they, he's good despite failing he, his fire thing. He's like he's, he's been prepping. He, he if he wasn't tired, he would have he would pass. Yeah, he's better um, than the the cop who's about to make lieutenant. He's like brain dead. Yeah. yeah. So they they track they follow the the police call and go to that house and they see the alien mm-hmm. and then and then a uh, whole. Valley of dying dragon aliens. Yeah, which the one of them spits up like, a mucus ball of a uh, one that's able to breathe oxygen, which uh, a promptly flying, flies to the local shopping yeah. mall. 
Yep. What's your chase? Chase begins. Where Ira, Harry, and Wayne attempt to track it down. Uh, Wayne begins singing the Billy Preston classic, You Are So Beautiful. Much yep. to yeah. Harry's chagrin. Because he's been he's been trying to caca caca uh-huh. alien back to them for the whole time. But the good thing they st- stopped at the Dick Sporting Goods in the mall and got, got some shotguns before yes. we started calling them back. Yeah, but it worked. The singing I mean, works. Harry Actually, Harry I, tackles down the lady that the dinosaur is carrying, and Ira the, shoots the lady the that the dinosaur, the alien was carrying, was hilarious because <laughs> she was at the putting time putting on like four different sweaters, trying to shoplift, uh, and the alien uh, bangs down the door and drags her out. And uh, when Harry grabs her, she says, I swear I'll never shoplift again. I'm sorry. <laughs> like this alien is the new security. Shoplifting was on the brain in the early 2000s. Winona Ryder was arrested for mm. shoplifting. Wow. Typical <laughs> Winona Ryder's on the Stranger Things brain now. Uh-huh. I, saw a good, I saw a good tweet that was like, uh, did Winona Ryder stop shoplifting or did she just get better at it? <laughs> I think she just got better. Apparently, yeah. she's just a kleptomaniac. At least that was her defense yeah. at the time. Um, hey, easy defense. <laughs> I, know, I just can't help it. Um, <laughs> the media. You don't want to see my room full of bank pens. <laughs> um, and extra crackers from airplanes. Uh, yeah. The media. Oh, the, you, the biscottis <laughs> you have to take. You have to bring the biscottis home. Uh, um, they, I think, I guess, are tipped off by Ira and Harry about what's happening. Uh, they do a news report from the Valley of the dead dinosaur aliens. Um, the governor of Arizona played by uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, quickly demands answers furious at not being informed earlier about the situation. Uh-huh. Um, they brief him that within a few days, the community will be taken over in a week. The state will be taken over. And in the course of months, the entire United States will succumb to the alien invasion. Yeah, these things are do- taking like thousand year evolutionary jumps. <laughs> uh, General Buffalo Bill suggests a napalm strike to destroy the meteor's contents in the surrounding town. Um, though he the government initially opposes the bombing, mm-hmm. primate-like yeah. creatures suddenly begin knocking out all of the security cameras on the base. Yeah, they're smart. They know they're being watched. They launch a surprise attack and kill a guy with glasses who's a nerd. Chris Ryan. <laughs> yes, he's very much Chris Ryan lookalike. Um, mm-hmm. This and uh, what's uh, Ira and Block sort of take on okay. one of the large reptilians, but mm-hmm. uh, Modern family, mammals. Mammals. <laughs> yes, uh, Modern Family Dad's like, don't shoot, but Sean William Scott picks up a gun, shoots him from dead Chris Ryan and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, then uh, they, so uh, while they're talking about the napalm, oh, the governor's all on board in it, but Harry or and Ira are just like, you don't know what'll happen to these aliens. Ira's like, we don't know. know what the molecular effect will be on the cells of these organisms. Because he's a science man. <laughs> he, knows, he knows you don't just science without sciencing before you science. So but it's just, that's pure science. Disgusted by the government's action, Allison quits the CDC and joins Ira's crew. 
Um, is it just the government's action or just also because she's a little in attracted the to the covenant? <laughs> yeah, I uh, think that's what we're led to believe. They return to the community college. Especially because she hops into the Jeep and Sean William Scott is sitting next to her. And, and then she's, she's like, like hey. I'm kind of with him. Yeah. And it's it was like, like, what does that mean? Seems, yeah. <laughs> are you yeah. with him or are you not? It can be kind of. Yeah. Uh, they go back to the community college. It is absolute mayhem. Everyone's just going gonzo, drinking their kidneys to death. And the uh, war one, party. One, one woman has a sign, I can't die a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, the idiot students from earlier in the film have beer helmets. <laughs> they, they, at the beginning <laughs> of the film, are, uh, David Duchovny is giving a lecture about having everyone got an A on their papers. about, But they, the two of them got C's mm-hmm. because the, the prompt was... Um, to, you know, write about cells, and they wrote about their father's ten by twelve. Their uncles. <laughs> uncles. My uncle is in a cell. It's ten by twelve, and it's bad. And they both wrote the same one paragraph. <laughs> it only got a C. I mean, he could have given it that. Uh, Duchovny really, really giving it all. Yeah, but um, they're there partying, and they know that these professors need beer to because it's in the world. So they yeah. And Ira, through a coincidence, realizes that heat triggers the alien's DNA and sort of acts as a super coincidence thing. Coincidence it involves one of the few heaters we see in this movie, which I think could have yeah. used a lot more. Orlando Jones, that's just like poor lab etiquette. Orlando Jones just throws his. What's well, in keeping with the end of the world sort of mentality that everyone's got? Going. Yeah. Okay, and then so they have a petri dish full of the aliens, the yes. original aliens, which have not grown at all since because they were not adapted to oxygen or anything. Yeah, and they just made, stayed in their petri dish. And Orlando Jones throw he's like ah taking up smoking about to die, and he <laughs> throws his lit match into the petri dish, and it it expands like a one of those old little. Uh, water uh, like goo things that you put in a cup of water and after a few days it's it it turns into a giant squid yeah you know those things yeah. but but so more but gross and vicious more gross and vicious so now they know yeah. these things but uh, looking doesn't kill them. at the positions of nitrogen and carbon on the conveniently placed periodic table on the back of julian moore's t-shirt combined uh, with arsenic ira theorizes that selenium might be as toxic to the aliens as arsenic mm-hmm. is to Earth's carbon life, using a sort of like chess-like knight L-shape intuitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's like sure, it's it's a now a night move. Uh, rather surprisingly, the two idiot students recall that selenium sulfide is the active ingredient in Head and Shoulders shampoo. It uh, keeps their scalps danger free. Yes, they have very shiny, frosted tips. Mine too. Uh, and ever since they introduced Head and Shoulders Fresh, everything has been so much mintier and better than before. <laughs> and they decide we're to now use. Sponsored by, we're now sponsored <laughs> by Head and Shoulders. And so, not a sponsor, but could be. Yeah. Um, it's used to fight against alien organisms. Wayne, Sean William Scott procures a fire truck and the group proceed to fill 
said truck with shampoo with the help of the idiot college students. Yeah, they say, how much are you going to need? And he says, maybe five, 800 gallons. And they say, 500. No yeah, no problem. I don't, know if, they, I don't know if they just stole it. Did they buy this shampoo? That's very expensive. They definitely stole it. They already stole <laughs> like four shotguns. Like, it's a madhouse. I guess so. Everyone's sort of into the world who gives a shit. Um, However, as they are infiltrating the alien environment to uh, deliver the selenium sulfide to neutralize the alien invasion, uh, Buffalo Bill's napalm strike goes off ahead of schedule. Uh, And as we have... As we've seen, the fire has the adverse effect, and instead of neutralizing the threat, it raises the stakes and forces the alien organism to uh, adapt to a state maybe more dangerous than it otherwise would have. Right, because the most durable organism is the simplest organism, and this just makes it a large single-celled organism as opposed to it eats all of the monkey aliens yes. it eats all the aliens and it seems it to says, suck up their power into its, yeah. its giant killing machine it, it reminded me of the uh, starfish from the latest suicide squad film um very similar vibe dc you don't you don't watch dc it won't feel like marvel's any good um Doctor Strange is like the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, Well, I can agree with that. You don't like the music fights? (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) Uh, The giant mass just begins killing all kinds of soldiers and standers by and uh, begins to multiply through mitosis. Yeah. Signaling it will continue to do so until it has overtaken the entire planet. Which... Uh, my current theory, which I just came up with, is that that's how it it became an asteroid that came to the planet. Is that at the previous planet it grew and grew, and someone lit it on fire, and then it uh, my toast and <laughs> my toast until it uh, took it over over the planet, and then it's however long it takes for planets to fall apart. It fell apart and then left. Uh, the planet exploded and then it went out into space, and now it's here. This is just so it's going to continue to do this planet to planet. Uh-huh. Yep. Interesting. Unstoppably. The team maneuvers their fire truck. They know that they're the only ones who can save the day. There's sort of like a moment where they're like, should we just like call it and go nuts? It's payback time. No way. Orlando Jones is not letting that happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he infiltrated his orifice. It's only time for them to do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, they maneuver themselves underneath the mass and discover a rectal-like orifice in which to deliver an enema like no other. <laughs> yeah, great guy. That was poetic. Uh, head and shoulders enema for the alien. Uh, moment after it yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, Orlando Jones gets right up there. I mean... He is in he it. Goes, oh, it At one point, he gets in. sucked up. Like a... yeah. <laughs> they begin to deliver the uh, deadly cocktail. Um, and moments before the creature is about to split in two, the monster uh, are, just, Sorry, Carter. I just got a call from our sponsors. They have requested that you re- redact your comment about head and shoulders being a deadly cocktail. 
Uh, it's dead, deadly to uh, un carbon like organisms, nitrogen based okay. organisms. Yeah. I'm no, just merely no, no, no. using the L shape of a knight on the chessboard. <laughs> uh, it blows up. They get out of there in their fire truck. And, and one of the better CGI shots of the movie, I thought, actually, considering when it was shot, there would have been none of the sort of thing falling yeah. on itself. You can see way worse, like driving away from explosion yes. <laughs> movie shots. Yes. <laughs> like way worse. I mean, it was an expensive movie. I mean, $80 million is, is nothing to sniff at. I bet at least three quarters of that was on CGI, uh, which was much more expensive yeah. to do than it is now. Um, mm-hmm. That Aside from that. Uh, and the movie? <laughs> Well, the governor declares Ira, Harry, Wayne, and Allison as heroes. Uh, Wayne is made a fully credentialed firefighter. All Uh, on camera. All on camera. He does it down the line. He makes Wayne this firefighter. He recognizes uh, Harry's immaculate coaching record at the Division III level. He's a great volleyball coach. (laughs) And while this is going on, uh, Ira and Allison slip away and uh, proceed to do unmentionable things inside of a fire. There's a reward better than what the the (laughs) government It seems so, at least. Um, Mm. There was a line during the movie where everything thinks we're all going to die, and she says, I would have rocked my world, your world. And Iris says, you already have. Which I I guess is the most romantic thing David Duchovny's sex addict can say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In the end of the movie, (laughs) his Californication character has become his actual character. His actual persona. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The first thing I think of him actually is is cameo in Zoolander. I was never an X Files fan, so I remember when I first saw Zoolander, I was like, "Who is this guy?" (laughs) I didn't do X Files, but I definitely I did the first season of Californication. So. I've, so I've seen I episodes. I was always more of a yeah. Twin Peaks guy than uh, X Files. Um, yeah, you big brainy. brainy. <laughs> um, the end of the movie is a sort of parody head and shoulders commercial a la Talladega Nights, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a fitting way to end. I thought they could have done better, though. I thought it was very noticeable. They obviously did it in one take because Orlando Jones is holding the shampoo bottle the wrong way. You, you can't see the head and shoulders label. Um, I don't know if that's. Well, that's a, just you know, that's a character character trait. I guess that's that was a choice on Orlando's part. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's the movie. Uh, I thought it was uh, actually very very good up until the scene uh, where they determine what's going to kill the aliens and the idiot, which is like like <laughs> re, like five five sixths of the way through. Yeah. I was, I was watching it and I was just like, this is a bad scene. <laughs> like, this is not good. It was a great movie. I think, I think it's still a great movie. I think it's one of the better Sean William Scott performances. Uh, I mean, on, it's on the record. same Sean William Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he's, he's utilized in such a, a perfect sort of way. I mean, he's, I think if you center a movie around him, I think the only one that did that super effectively was Role Models. And in that one, that, or, the Paul Rudd is or, sort of the main character. What about Goon? Uh, I, I'm, I've never actually seen all of Goon. I've seen parts of Goon. 
It won't be a dick pic. Um, no. <laughs> but, Not a big uh, Southland Tales guy. Uh, no. I mean, he's perfect yeah. and old school, but that's an even smaller dose than this. What's one. his face? The other guy. Um, uh, Orlando. In bad no, 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 no. In uh, Goon. The other Goon. What's oh, Liev Schreiber. He's good in that. He's funny. Yeah. But, the, but his. <laughs> You're talking about Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to. Uh, Boy, you look like Ray Donovan. Parks and Recollections. That's they reference like Ray Donovan is how they refer to TV shows that no one that they know watches, but everyone else what like lots of people watch. I, and just from, goes on. What I think of there is uh, CSI New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, what <laughs> like or NCIS? Apparently, gets yeah. twenty million a week. And I'm like, I don't know any of those people. Yeah. Um, All right, let's let's finish up the movie so we can get to Dick next. Well, we finished it. We finished. I just have one question. Uh, It's a technical technical question. Um, Okay. Why does the women's volleyball team at this community college play Division Three and not JUCO? I think that's a massive oversight on the part of the. Yeah, they just didn't have the. They didn't, they didn't want to pay the the volleyball um, script. NCAA. Advisor. Don't don't they know Division Three is for places like Randolph College in Washington yeah. and Washington Lee? Yeah. That community colleges are always junior college. I mean, it's one of those things unforgivable. Yeah. It's unforgivable. This is why you're a good sports move, sports person <laughs> slash movie person because you catch all the sports faux pas. Is it a faux pas or just flaw? It, it was a faux. It was. Uh, it's not quite a faux pas, um, as much as just a inaccuracy. Yeah, what's a, a faux pas? pas? A faux just pas like would a, be like wearing the wrong mistake. shoes on a board a yacht. Okay, okay, it's just an accuracy. Okay. If no, okay. no, not so much an inaccuracy as a uh, as a sort of social breaking of the social contract. Um, like sure. if like if we were to go to afternoon tea and you were to wear a t-shirt instead of a collared shirt oh okay okay that's a faux pas all right now i know <laughs> the breaking of social order you were also going to tell me that there were going to be two other leads other than david no no no, no 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 that's imdb trivia oh okay all right so Get on to your questions. <laughs> My questions? Yeah, don't you have some questions for me? I told you, I just watched this and it washed over me. <laughs> I, I like, I I just enjoyed it. I mean, all I wanted to know is if you enjoyed it, and clearly you did. I did. And I also wanted, I wanted to know, like, if you thought this was, if this will be in the Smithsonian at some point. Or I, like, I uh, do think that it will possibly in the future have more acknowledgement and recognition than it does now simply because it's very unique to the period and that it's a original story with an 80 million dollar budget and very well rendered cgi with a uh, talented director and cinematographer working on it that is not attached to previous intellectual property um Mm -hmm. which is something we're finding less and less these days Although you could possibly argue that this is made for fans of Ghostbusters, 
it yeah. does not have a pre-existing audience aside from that and 80 million dollars is also so long ago like prior well, yeah to this. well yeah it's like a whole generation but but yeah. these days, movies are not made unless for $80 million, unless they have a pre-existing audience. That's why mm-hmm. adaptations and sequels are so uh, popular for studios these mm-hmm. days. Um, so this is just a very unique movie. This is by far the most expensive movie we've done. Uh, hmm. I can't think of what would even be close. Um, I don't think yeah. there is anything. Maybe <laughs> maybe antitrust because it had an Academy Award. Maybe that was around twenty yeah. million, but eighty million is a lot of money. I mean, you can tell watching it. This is an expensive movie. The whole sort of government facility, and everything just looks very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have if you have nothing else to add, none, nothing else to add, um, we can move on. The best of Wikipedia. I'm just happy that you're happy. <laughs> and, and this is a, else. this is an A plus Dick's pick. Well, I just I I did uh, prior to recording text uh, a few friends to say, hey, if you haven't seen this, go watch this movie. Uh, it's a perfect movie. Uh-huh. And they said one of them, Kara, said, no, I've seen it in theaters. Don't remember it being perfect. So. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's perfect. Perfect movie, Carter. Perfect, perfect. A perfect movie is like, uh, you know, like Hunger by Steve McQueen or something like that. I, that I, don't where, think, I don't think a movie can be perfect if it's longer than 90 minutes. Is that where... Uh, it's when uh, Michael Fassbender starves himself to death. Then. Oh, that's not the one where Michael Fassbender is a horn dog? No, that's Shame. And that is not a perfect movie. <laughs> What's his what's other Steve McQueen movie? Hunger, Shame, um, uh, 12 Years Thirst? a Slave. Thirst. Um, no, he abandoned like, he abandoned like, the, the single noun emotional state, physical state maybe titles. Like, like headache headache. Is that no, one then of he movies? did uh, Widows. Oh, uh, Widows was good. Widows, Widows was is fun. one of my favorite Chicago movies. Um, oh. And then he did a mini series, not a mini series as much as a limited series um, of of theatrical released movies, which I actually didn't watch any of them. But apparently, one of them, Lovers Rock, was very good. But we will save Steve McQueen for another time. Um, yeah, best of Wikipedia. Be Let's do um, it. This was a very large sect. I have two sort of chunks I took from Wikipedia. Um, the first was uh, based on his production history. Uh, apparently, Evolution was based on a story by Don Jacoby, who originally wrote his draft in 1998 as a serious science fiction horror thriller that was described as, quote, humorless and violent. Doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And The Thing Meets the Andromeda Strain, envisioning John Carpenter to Hellman's idea. It sounds a lot like The Faculty to me. Well, they turned it into like Slither. And so I think it's a win. I feel like just that this movie you, is basically have, just the faculty. <laughs> have you seen Slither? It's not fun. Uh, Slither, I remember the trailer with the thing slipping into a bathtub, and that gave me nightmares. So I've never seen the movie. We'll have to put that. We'll put that on the list. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe uh, not. I think soon. I could. I think I could take it at this point. I don't think I could when I was twelve. Um, yeah. Ivan Reitman apparently loved the script but saw potential in the film being successful as a comedy 
calling it the modern day successor to Ghostbusters. Of course. It was combined with rewrites by the Davids and another screenplay written by Todd Phillips of Hangover fame. Hey. About three friends who want aliens. So this is like a total reworked Frankenstein monster of a screenplay. Um, <laughs> apparently <Lightning>. Jacoby <laughs> was upset about uh, <laughs> the lightning apparently was Ivan Reitman. Um, the original script ended with the alien organisms evolving into an ultra-intelligent humanoid species that climaxed with a battle of wits, which does not sound like a very cinematic ending. But I no, guess that's some short story sci-fi shit. I guess it would have elevated the sort of Ira character into you know being mm-hmm. on an intellectual level equal to that of these super humanoids. Um, mm-hmm. the studio deemed this ending not exciting enough. <laughs> And replace yeah. it with Orlando Jones going up an alien's butthole, which is very studio. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Todd Phillips, to be clear. Yes. Um, Roger Ebert gave the movie two and a half out of four stars. The legend. What do you think he said? What do you think he said? <laughs> he said, he probably said, um, uh, I love the I love the CGI and the technical part of it, but Dave Duchovny is flat, and uh, the love story has no legs. Orlando Bloom's carries the comedy, and Sean William Scott is a revelation. He should helm his own movies. I think that's close, but he starts mm-hmm. it with "It's not good," <laughs> <laughs> but it's nowhere near as bad as most recent comedies. It has real laughs, but it misses just as many real opportunities. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.O. Scott, known prick from the New York Times, uh, reviewed the movie as, the movie itself evolves in reverse, starting life as a moderately clever grab bag of high-concept noodling and half-witty bendinage, A.O. Scott being a prick, before descending into the primordial ooze of explosions and elaborate lower intestinal gags. So he actually had a similar reaction to me. He enjoyed the sort of first hour more than the second, which I think is fair. We need to get fair, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, IMDb trivia, which I thought was particularly rich in some of these revelations that may or may not be true. I would lean towards probably not for some of these. During the lengthy shooting in Page, Arizona, Dan Aykroyd entertained the local folk, as described by an IMDb trivia contributor, uh, by carding guests at a bar, unofficially greeting people at Walmart, and visiting locals for a cup of coffee in their homes. So he was trying to Bill Murray. I guess. If Dan Aykroyd came up to my home and asked for coffee, I would slam the door in his face. Uh, I mean, what if he brought him brought some of his skull vodka with him? You know you what? Ever, you ever gone to, gone I know that he makes place? vodka because he was at a uh, Total Wine in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's that. It's it. like you walk around the ABC store and you see like <laughs> every vodka looks the same, and you think, "Wow, that's a cool looking bottle." And then you're like, "Oh, it's Dan Aykroyd." <laughs> I guess he takes it very seriously enough to you know turn up at Total Wines and, and sell most of it. Um, 
taking vodka seriously is a, <laughs> that's an issue. With I himself. mean, doesn't he know all A-listers have tequila brands? Vodka is very yeah. B-list of him. Um, David Duchovny turned down a role in Attack of the Clones to appear in this movie. Do you think that's true? Sure, but who would he have been? I mean... Uh, A senator, maybe? Something like that? I don't know. What if he was Samuel L. Jackson's character? What if he was young Anakin Skywalker? Yeah, too old. Get out of here. (laughs) What are you you talking about? The only... (laughs) Maybe he would have replaced Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. He can't do that. That's, you know, continuity-wise. Much sexier Obi-Wan. I guess George Lucas, just like the Duffer Brothers, could have just, like, CGI'd... Uh, <laughs> to come the into it? <laughs> into the previous movie, into The Phantom Menace. And yeah. Be like, you're, you're Obi-Wan. Now. You're Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is a sex addict. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, the um, film was made... <laughs> No head and shoulders products contain selenium sulfide. Did, no, no. Did they put it in just for this movie? Well, the company used the film to introduce their selenium product, which was released Hold in on. conjunction. I'm, I'm going to go get. I got to go get my bottle, and I'm going to tell you if it's a. You just keep monologuing. I'm going to tell you if it's on. The well, bottle. an additional fact is that basic head and shoulders does not utilize selenium sulfide either. But it's a specific, I think it's meant for shampooing those who have dyed hair as a shampoo, uh, I guess, to bring out sort of effects of highlighting, um, such as the nature of product tie-ins. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, I've got my head and shoulders proven protection 201 scalp care. Yes. Water, sodium, laureth, sulfate, zinc, sodium, sulfate, sodium, chloride, sodium, sodium, sodium. A lot of sodium. Magnesium. Where is the other one? What am I looking for? Selenium sulfide. There's no fucking selenium in this. I know. There's. Even the crucial plot point this movie hinges on is a false reality. You don't understand. The last 21 years of my life have been uh, have revolved around this movie and what it has told me about Head and Shoulders. And, and the just, effectiveness of selenium sulfide in hair product. Because it makes the idiot's I'm hair devastated. look so good. I'm going to have to go I, to canteen from now on. I can understand that. I am... Uh, I'm a Ashton Kutcher Mila Kunis non-shampoo user. <laughs> you also don't shower every four to five days. You uh, no, have. not that. I just use shampoo once a week. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it makes What's very, up? very thick, luscious hair. Yeah, all right. Give me some more trivia. Shampoo thins your hair. Um, Orlando Jones admires the backside of one of the mutant bugs. This is apparently a direct reference of his successful 7-Up advertising campaign for viewers to, quote, show us your cans. That's where we know him from. 7-Up ads, yes. Okay. You remember these? Don't remember remember that at all. (laughs) I remember those ads. Show us your cans is a pretty cancelable slogan. Yeah. 
these days. Yeah. I'm offended just reading it. Uh, <laughs> here are the bombshells presented to us by IMDb Trivia. This is one of the things where the validity of these statements and assertions by random IMDb users can be you know questioned and doubted to a certain extent but i'm inclined to believe the integrity of imdb trivia posters as well as their insider knowledge to contribute to this growing pool of knowledge of cinema that we call the internet movie database um the first of these do they sponsor us too no i'm actually i'm actually uh really distanced myself from IMDb in recent years, which was a stalwart of my uh, sort of cinema upbringing and checking the message. But you're coming back and you're, you are, you're trying to uh, like lend validity to IMD trivia because you are a contributor to IMD No, 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 no. This is what you're saying? Simply because I want to believe so badly. Okay, optimist. All right. Tell me I what don't this is. believe, but I wish I did. I, I wish I believed in something as intensely. Sounds as like it. you should watch I'm that. Maybe... <laughs> Here's the first one. Will Smith was considered for the role of Harry Block. Harry Block? Yeah. The no, Orlando Jones they character. Would make, they would have had to make, make him Ira Kane. Come on. No, but that's the thing. Ira Kane would be played by Leonardo DiCaprio. I, uh, <laughs> we have a lead duo of Leonardo DiCaprio and Will Smith for Evolution. They would have to rewrite the whole backstory because Leonardo would be like twenty. He'd be in his mid twenties. Like there's that's just makes no sense. That's the that's <laughs> you don't believe the IMDb trivia poster. No, I don't believe that a 25 year old four years ago was working for the government for four Do years you think to develop a cane madness. If this movie starred Will Smith and Leonardo DiCaprio, it would make a billion dollars. Yeah, uh, easily, <laughs> easily. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, we yeah, and they yeah. were supposed to star with each other in Django Unchained, which Will Smith also dropped out of. Yeah, good, Jamie Foxx. You know who else was considered for the role of Ira Kane? And I think this um, actually would have been really good. A guy who made some really good movies around this era, two of which you proposed as Dick's picks, at least one of which I think two. Oh, Frankie Muniz. John Cusack. Oh, John Cusack. That would be good. <laughs> I think you would have been really this, good. They have they have similar vibes, I feel like. To Duchovny? I feel like yeah. I think Duchovny sort of lends more of a vibe that like maybe I deserve to be here. <laughs> well, John Cusack's were like I was wrong. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you get my meaning? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Although I do think the company works, I, th- I think there needs yeah. to be a little bit of sort of sleaze to the Ira character. There, there and, and John no, Cusack uh, can do sleaze, at least he can now. I don't know if he could have in 2000. Uh, yeah, I don't know. When I see John, John Cusack, I think, I think Conair, I think, you think we're America's hero. 
yeah, yeah. I think uh, the first UFC adopter. Uh, the only sort of other thing I have is how early 2000s is the soundtrack. I don't think it is really until the scene where they're evacuating. Yeah. And then this like thrash metal song comes on at the end of the world. Like, what the fuck? Do you yeah. remember what I'm talking about? And then there's no. one that they play during the whole sort of party thing. That's another sort of like, you know, uh, alien ant farm. It, it definitely Slipknot. feels like this movie like deserves like a Smash Mouth sort of song in it. But I just don't think there was I think one. even Nickelback would have been better. I mean, people hate on Nickelback, but when Nickelback drops or Creed even drops in the skulls, like this shit I, rocks. <laughs> so, if you had had something that felt very 2001, like Nickelback so, or Creed. So, Carter, I was real into movie soundtracks when I was growing <laughs> up. Like, and and I didn't realize how into them I was until my my current card only has a CD player. So I went to my parents' place and they still have all my CDs. I have all the Spider-Man soundtracks. I have Scorpion Team soundtrack. I have the Daredevil soundtrack. I have the Doom soundtrack. I have the Punisher soundtrack. Do you have Any the High soundtrack? Fidelity soundtrack? No. I have the only like action sound action movies that had soundtracks that like rocked out. So I, I think I was like I, I didn't come I wouldn't commit to a single band. So I would just do I would be like, oh, various artists. Okay, let's do this. I had sh- I have so many sound- I've been rocking the Spider-Man one soundtrack in my car. Really? Does it have some good songs? On? I think there's some nickelback in that actually. Oh, uh, no, it's just Kent Trad Kroger and Josie Scott. Come on. Are you sure? You that. I think there's a yeah. Nickelback song in Spider-Man. I'm almost positive. The hero? It's only Chad. Come on. What are you why are you trying to challenge me on this? I've I'm not I'm only uh yeah, hero is in Spider-Man. Yeah, and it's not Nickelback, it's only Chad Kroger. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> How dare you? All right. Good. <laughs> so are you ready to get to my TV corner? Yes. Okay. This is a new segment. To finish it off, we have a limited mm. amount of time. All right. We'll go quick. Here's the TV shows that I am watching. And I think you, Carter, a non-TV show watcher, should watch. Okay. Number one, what we do in the shadows. I've seen, I've seen that. At least some of it. You got to keep it up. It's great. Guillermo. Because I like the movie. Okay, this is this could also be called Taika and Jermaine Corner because tandem with that is Wellington Paranormal. Which I also like the I movie that it comes from. Wellington Paranormal was yes, what we do in the shadows they come yes. from that. Yes, they. Uh, I think they would do very well in Evolution if those if <laughs> the characters were there. It's a fun X Files uh, with New Zealand accents. Recommend that. I love an New Zealand accent. One, Loot on Apple TV. Watch Loot. that. It's got it's got Maya Rudolph. Like the, the pan flute or like the discovery of a cachet of cachet. <laughs> she rich. 
basically she is uh jeff bezos's ex-wife and she goes to mckenzie foundation and she has a uh oh it's a very it's by the a guy who wrote in parks and rec and another guy and it's so it's sort of like an office-based theme but it's it's fun and lighthearted, and i feel like you know a lot of kindness is in it so far i think it's enjoyable then fourth final final recommendation so far because it tv season is upon us okay carter well football season is almost upon sure. us also all right we, uh, we don't we're all stupid <laughs> um the rehe- do you know who nathan fielder is uh i know of nathan fielder yes have you watched Dumb starbucks Rear? yes have you watched um uh john wilson or how to with john wilson no that's a that's a good hbo one produced by nathan fielder the only tv show i watch is miami vice okay i get it you love (laughs) shooting nuns um nathan fielder has a new show where he has unleashed his full sociopath he is it's called the rehearsal do you have any regrets car you don't have to go into it regrets they, this sure. is all, it's all or regrets or life goals or anything. This is all about him creating a flow chart and giving it to individuals for them to follow the flow chart and practice and rehearse what they want to do over and over again. So the first episode, they have a guy who's lied about his educational credentials to his trivia team and he <laughs> wants to come clean about it. So he has to go into he has to go and like rehearse it over and over again. In the second episode, uh, it's about a lady who wants to have a child. And so he hires children three months, six months, nine months, a year, two years, three years, and he rotates them out. And they're going to do it for six months where like every week they rotate out a new kid and she has to pretend to be the mom. It's amazing. You got to watch it. Okay. Now, that's, that's my TV corner. Okay, Carter? Yes. I have some movies to ask you about. Oh, okay. I don't know if the movie brats have covered it. Have you watched The Gray Man? No, I have not yet. Okay. Heard very bad things about its lighting. That it it's it looks like, very dark. It's not like Game of Thrones final season bad lighting, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, so you have no comment there. Uh, we'll watch it. Andrea said good actors will watch it. Um, have you seen Thor Love and Thunder? No. I have not seen it either. Uh, <laughs> this, this one, I expect you've, you've probably seen. Yes. Nope. No. I'm, I'm planning on seeing it this weekend. I'm planning on seeing it soon as well, but my Cine Bistro gift card is lost in my junk drawer. But, uh, the 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 nope is one of those things that's on my list. I saw uh, us in theaters. I saw. Um, I really didn't like us in theaters. I thought us was terrible. <clears throat> well, we'll see if he does this one. I've heard um, really good things about nope. I'm very excited about that. Final question for you: um, Have you seen? This was requested by fans for us to do in a future episode. So I just want to check if you have seen the unbearable weight of massive talent. No. 
It's with Nicolas Cage. Although I did see a Nicolas Cage triple feature in 35 millimeters in London last week. That was a very fun time where me and my brother got very drunk. Um, The first one was Con Air. The first one was The Rock. The second one was Con Air. And the third one was Face Off. Beautiful. And it was all on film. That means nothing to me. I have no discerning take on that. But you would notice if you were to see it because the print for Face Off was terrible. So the first 20 minutes, there was like a line, a red line going through the screen. And I was like, is it going to be like this the whole time? Thankfully, it was not. But that's something that sounds would... enjoyable. <laughs> it was not that's, the best. That sort of reminds me of when my family went to see Phantom of the Menace in theaters and the audio didn't work for 30 minutes. So then they just refunded us and we walked out. Um, <laughs> I saw okay. the Phantom Menace at Disney World. So should we do the unbearable weight of mass attack? Have you seen it? No. So it would not be a dick's pick. It would be an audience pick. It would be an audience pick. But I think, you know. Would you be willing to substitute a dick's pick for it? So we'd go dick's pick, Carter pick, dick's pick, dick's pick? It would would be massive talent, then Carter's pick. Yeah. Because next one is another dick's pick before Carter's pick. Okay. I think we should because we have such a, a uh, really vivant time. I don't know. The scotch has hit me, and the love of this evolution movie has hit me too. Evolution was better than I expected. I thought the CGI actually looked fantastic. Um, All right. It obviously was just Ghostbusters. Yes. But I'm okay with that. And David Duchovny was not allowed to be a leading man in a lot of movies, and I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Are you uh, closing out? Are we closing I out? am closing out. <laughs> Can you uh, so let's, <laughs> let's close out. Let's say that next month is going to be the unbearable weight of massive talent. It's yes. It's going to be an audience pick. It will be an audience pick. I'll make sure to watch uh, Raising Arizona again. I'll make sure to watch Con Air again. Will- something wild you literally peggy. just saw con air that's <laughs> no, good though peggy sue got married have you ever seen that uh-huh. very good early nicholas uh, a very singular nicholas cage performance where he has a very weird nasally voice the whole time he's meant to play a high schooler who grows up to be a janitor who's bald um it's like the darker version of back to the future but i think it's fantastic uh, maybe we'll do that as a card is picked down the line but <laughs> thank you for listening to the July edition of Dick's Picks we'll be back with an audience pick of the unbearable weight of massive talent next month can't wait thank you Mr. Dick yeah my dad called me just then <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening we'll be back with you next month the space between the tears we cry is the laughter keeps us coming back for more. The space between.